Welcome to The Catholic Perspective, a podcast brought to you by rcspirituality.org. Enjoy the episode. Now that we have refreshed our understanding of who we are and who we're called to be, we're ready to get practical. Any living organism already possesses the essential elements of its identity in its DNA. As it grows and develops, all those elements gradually reach maturity, unless some obstacle appears that impedes its natural development. As human beings, however, we have received the gift of freedom, of free will. And so the spiritual DNA that was given to us when God created and redeemed us will only develop to maturity if we freely cooperate with it. Each one of us, in a real sense, is responsible for our identity in a way that minerals, vegetables, and animals are not. Staying in shape for spiritual battle. But because of our fallen nature, and because we live in a world inundated with spiritual enemies, exercising this responsibility is not easy. Baptism truly did restore and elevate our identity, but it didn't remove all the difficulties that come from living in a fallen world. This is really important for us to remember. Here's how the Catechism puts it. Baptism, by imparting the life of Christ's grace, erases original sin and turns man back toward God. But the consequences of original sin for nature, weakened and inclined to evil, persist in man and summon him to spiritual battle. That spiritual battle has many different manifestations, some of which we have already discussed in past retreat guides. In this conference, we will review four things that all of us need to do in order to stay in shape for that ongoing battle. They aren't the only Christian activities that should become part of our lives, but they are four simple, basic activities that we should all engage in so that our human and Christian identity will flourish. Four ways to give continuity to what occurred at our baptism. And it just so happens that these four things correspond, in a sense, to four negative consequences of original sin. By engaging in these activities, we will be doing our part to give God's grace room to correct and heal the deviations and wounds obscuring our true identity so that we can grow closer to Him through a better prayer life and be better messengers of His salvation in this fallen world. These four activities are self-reflection, self-discipline, treasure hunting, and fellowship. Let's look at them briefly one by one. Self-reflection In the first place, we need to carve out time in our lives for self-reflection. One of the most dramatic results of original sin was how it drove Adam and Eve into hiding. They hid from God among the trees of the garden. They hid from each other by making garments out of fig leaves. And most importantly, they hid from the truth of their own actions by blaming someone else for their sin. Adam blamed Eve, and Eve blamed the devil. If we are going to live according to our true identity, we have to stop hiding. 
We have to expose our lives, our thoughts, our souls to the healing light of God's truth. Jesus put it like this, For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come toward the light, so that his works might not be exposed. But whoever lives the truth comes to the light, so that his works may be clearly seen as done in God. Coming out from hiding means making space in our lives to reflect on what's happening to us, within us, and around us. It means shutting out the noise and the ongoing avalanche of distractions, busyness, internet, entertainment, social media, and simply looking in the spiritual mirror to see what's happening in our souls. Doing that gives us a chance to detect behaviors, attitudes, and decisions that contradict our identity and impede our spiritual growth. It also gives us a chance to gaze with satisfaction at the good that God's grace is working in our lives. A good way to form the habit of self-reflection is by doing a daily examination of conscience, something we have explained in another retreat guide. Keeping a spiritual journal can be helpful, too. We don't need to write every day as if it were a diary, but taking some time each week or every few days to write down what's going on in our lives and how we are responding to it can help us live in the light of truth and walk briskly along the path of authenticity and integrity, key elements in the development of our true identity. Self-discipline. Another result of original sin is what the Catechism calls concupiscence, our weakness of will and inclination to sin. Our fallen nature is attracted to sin, and there's a part of us that always leans in the direction of sin. The capital sins of gluttony, anger, sloth, lust, pride, envy, and greed are always lying in wait at the door, as the Bible puts it, and we have a tendency to want to let them come in. These tendencies go against our true identity as children of God, and whenever we give in to them, we feel the internal division and remorse that comes from having acted against our authentic selves. But concupiscence doesn't just go away all by itself. We have to resist it. God's grace will help us, and indeed, without His grace, we won't even feel a desire to resist these impulses. But His grace requires our cooperation in order to be fruitful. That's where self-discipline comes in. We have to learn to govern these impulses, to resist them when they drive us towards what is contrary to the fullness of life in God's kingdom, and to direct the energy behind them towards what is good, towards what truly nourishes the good life, the life of grace within us. Practicing self-discipline means just that. It's like cultivating a garden. You have to plant, fertilize, water, and prune, but you also have to pull up the weeds, put in protective fencing, and otherwise guard against noxious influences. In the spiritual life, we need to intentionally cultivate good behaviors like patience, perseverance, chastity, kindness, and courage. And we need to rein in our sinful tendencies. That takes effort and decision, and many times it requires self-sacrifice. It's the kind of thing we engage in every year when we give something up for Lent. We have to govern our impulses in order to be faithful to those commitments. 
but we should also be seeking greater order, balance, and virtue in our lives during every other season of the year. Self-discipline, undertaken out of love for God and the desire to follow Him and be close to Him, is one way of being true to our identity and allowing it to flourish. Just as athletes and musicians bring their natural talents to maturity through hard work and self-mastery. Treasure Hunting Original sin not only wounded our will and gave us an inclination to sin, but it also darkened our minds. Ignorance and intellectual confusion are other obstacles to spiritual growth that God will help us overcome if we let Him. This kind of ignorance isn't simply a lack of knowledge. It refers to a distorted understanding of God, ourselves, and the world around us. Jesus came not only to pay the price for our sin, but also to teach us about the true meaning of life and of the universe, the true path to happiness and fulfillment. The gift of faith poured into our souls at baptism, gives us the ability to accept and digest that true teaching. But it is up to us to seek and strive after a deeper and deeper understanding of what Jesus has taught us. Treasure hunting is that. It's actively looking into the vast treasure house of Christian doctrine, searching for pearls of wisdom where we know they are to be found in the Bible, in the teachings of the Church, in the teachings and the lives of the saints, in the unfolding of Christian history. If we nourish our minds through reading and learning about our faith and put into practice what we learn, little by little, with the help of the gifts of the Holy Spirit, we will actually become wise. We will learn to understand other people and ourselves. We will learn to interpret the events around us from the true perspective, the perspective of God himself. The ignorance we inherited from original sin will be replaced by the science of the saints. We can't just nourish our minds on the latest gossip or even the latest headlines. We need to nourish our minds on what will truly feed the life of grace within us, and that means treasure hunting, seeking an ever wider and an ever deeper knowledge of God's revelation. It's okay to read comic books for light entertainment, just as it's okay to eat popcorn for an enjoyable snack. But you wouldn't want to try to live just on popcorn. Our bodies need more nourishment than that. Well, our minds do too. Fellowship. Another consequence of original sin was the breakdown of interpersonal relationships. The Bible speaks of this in regards to Adam and Eve themselves, and that also illustrates it in the familiar story of Cain and Abel, Adam and Eve's first children. Though brothers, they quarreled, and the result was murder and estrangement. Interpersonal conflicts will always be part of our human experience in this fallen world, but the life of grace, life in harmony with our true identity as children of God and followers of Christ, is always moving us to be builders of community, not merely isolated and self-absorbed individuals. In Greek and Latin, the word for church is ecclesia, which actually comes from two words meaning to summon 
or to call out of. The very core idea of the church that Jesus founded is the formation of a community of people who are called out of the dispersion and brokenness of fallen humanity and into a new brotherhood, the fellowship of the baptized, of those who have received God's grace and come to believe in the Lord. To be true to our Christian identity, then, involves actively living out this call to communion, this fellowship of grace. We can find and build this fellowship in many ways, through giving ourselves generously to family life, through being committed and active members of our parish, through getting involved in Bible studies or service projects or ecclesial movements and associations, or simply through faith-based friendships. There's no shortage of forms of fellowship. The Holy Spirit has always been creative and prolific in coming up with enough varieties to satisfy any personality. But all of them, sooner or later, require us to go out of our comfort zones. That's why good Christian fellowship always involves making a conscious choice, just like self-reflection, self-discipline, and treasure hunting. Conclusion. Being true to yourself. We all want to develop to the full our true identity. We all want the grace we received in baptism to flourish and bring us to the fulfillment we desire. And God wants that too. Through these four simple basic activities, we can actively contribute to making that happen. We can actively cooperate with the grace of God within us. They really are essential elements for all of us if we want to be true to our deepest selves. You have been listening to The Catholic Perspective, a resource from rcspirituality.org. Please visit our website and check out more great resources to help you pray, learn, grow, and go. Please join our team of digital missionaries by subscribing at rcspirituality.org.